What's up, fatty bees? I'm Brianna, mom, wife, serial entrepreneur, and host of the Badass Basic Bitch podcast. Each week, I sit down with a seemingly ordinary woman who's doing extraordinary things, and I get to share her story with you. So let's go. Buckle up as we're going to get real and dive into the shit nobody talks about. Welcome to the Batty Bee Club. So the real challenges that I think about that are really hard or have been hard, now they don't seem that big because whatever is about to blow up in my face tomorrow morning is probably the worst thing that I've ever dealt with because that's just how it goes. January 2021, uh, we're a few months into shipping wine and <laughs> I actually know the name of the woman because she still buys our wine. She texts or calls or emails and is like, um, I heard a really big noise from the box in the middle of the night. I was like, what? Take pictures. What is that even? What are you talking about? Welcome back to another episode of Badass Basic Bitch. On this week's episode, we are joined by Sarah Pule, the founder and CEO of Boxed. And today we're going to be diving into Sarah's personal story that led to the creation of Box. We're going to uncover the challenges she conquered, the lessons she learned throughout her entrepreneurship journey, and why sustainable practices and female leadership are at the heart of her business. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sarah. Yeah, I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And this all started because I had a friend that did a tasting with y'all, and I was just so impressed with your story, your wine. I got box number four that my husband like drank all before I even got my second glass. I'm going to have to refill. So rude. And so I just was really touched by your story, especially the part where it's female-founded, female-led. You're all, um, you employ all females. And so I was like, I have to have this woman on my podcast. So thank you for being uh, on. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Um, I, we have a couple token men, okay? It's like, they're, you know, they're, they're mascots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're mascots. I love that. I mean, you got you got to have your token man, right? Um, So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah. So my background is in wine is exclusively drinking it. So that's just, I I took a left turn at 40 to start Boxed. I had been in the for-profit education space. So universities like University of Phoenix and Strayer, and we own universities all over the world. And so it had nothing to do with wine, although obviously there's plenty of drinking it after work. So, you know, and then I got invited to be an entrepreneur in residence at a um, VC in Austin. I was living in San Francisco at the time and it just felt like, yeah, you know what? I need to go do this. I thought I was going to start an ed tech company, but as I started to think about, you know, where do my interests, my experience and my aptitude intersect, well, somehow drinking got involved. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then you start like the, you know, taking an idea of like, you know, we've all done it. We've all been with our friends and, you're like, oh my God, wouldn't it be cool if like blah, blah, blah. And you go from that to, all right, well, that's interesting. Let's do a little homework. How could that work? What does it look like? And then really in a fairly quick moment realized, hey, if I could do these three or four things, maybe we're onto something here. And that's when you just take the leap. So for the listeners who aren't familiar with Box, why don't you tell us a little bit about your company how you found yourself on that path of funding and like, what is it? Yeah. So Boxed is, and I know you can see this wall behind me, but Boxed is a luxury boxed wine company. 
we are putting ultra premium wine in a beautiful wooden box. Everybody, everybody sees that like knocks on it. It's totally, that's, that's legit. It's pine wood, ultra premium wine on tap. We are the winery. We make all the wine ourselves. There's four bottles in every box. And our purpose in life is to be the house wine of your home. I drink all of the wine all of the time, but on Tuesday night, like it just makes more sense to drink it from a box because it, stays fresh for six weeks. You don't have to worry about bottle waste. I mean, in your case, your husband drinks the whole thing before you even get any. So we've got to work that out. We'll negotiate the terms of his box usage uh, in the future. But that's what we want to be. We want to be your house wine of your home. So you can just have a glass, you know, you get home, kids are running around. You're like, I just need a glass of wine and everything will be okay. So that that's what we do. That's our purpose. And honestly, that's why I bought it because I rarely drink wine. I like a good glass, don't get me wrong, but I rarely drink, period. And, but my husband, like, he has an uh, appreciation for wine. He likes coming home and, um, you know, here and there during the week and opening a bottle of wine. The problem that would always make me so mad was that he would only drink one or two glasses of it. And I would, the next day, I would look and be like, are you kidding me? I'm going to have to throw this down the sink. And then, So it was so much waste. And I'm like very like, it's all about sustainability and reusing resources and all that stuff. And so I would always get mad and we kind of like, you know, bickered about it. And then when I came for the tasting and I was like, wait, I'm sorry, it lasts six weeks and you can just, yeah, I'm getting one of those. I also, I'm like a big Pinot Noir. I'm not a snob, but it's like, I only drink Pinot Noirs. And that was the first question that I asked Veronica when I sat down. I was like, which wh- which one is Pinot Noir? She's like, well, technically. And then I was like, oh, I'm not going to like any of these. And then when I drank four, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like it was like right on par. I don't, um, I don't tell people my number normally unless they've tasted the wine because I don't like to lead the witness because everybody's taste buds are different, right? And so it's like, I love something yeah. that you hate and what does it matter? It's not like, you know, somehow your tongue is telling me what to like. It doesn't make any sense but I'm number four. Like that is my, if I'm just like blindly yeah. walking around to fill my glass, <laughs> it's just four without thought. I mean, today I'm drinking rosé because it feels like a fun thing to do on a hot day. Um, but yeah, I'm a four. It's just, I don't know. It's just so easy. And I think that's kind of the cool thing is the hypothesis was obviously, can you put good wine in a box that people who have at least a slightly discerning palate, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now that we're 37 medals in, in 12 months, it's like, oh shit, it's not just me and, you know, my dumb friends who think it's good. It's really like, you know, people who taste for a living. And I think that's one of the cool, the cool things. It's not my husband being like, this is so good. And like being like, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I guess it kind of goes back to my question I wanted to ask you was like the beverage industry is highly competitive. I feel like there's a new thing every week. My son comes back and he's like, prime, we got to get prime. And I'm like, what the fuck is prime? But so what motivated you to get into this space? I mean, honestly, if you knew what it was going to really be like to have four kids, you might never, you love them, obviously, right? Like, (laughs) yay! But like traveling with four kids and all that stuff, you're like, or you could just be at the Four Seasons by yourself. That would be awesome. And so... (laughs) But you don't know that until you're in it and then it's too late. And so I didn't really, because I didn't come from beverage, I guess now intellectually you look back and I think about my old life and what it would have taken to broke in. But like, you don't even know. I was like, so you have, 
I had courage again, like I had when I was 22 coming out of school, I would call anybody and ask anybody any question, you know, and at 35, I wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, it's like I found that just like stupid curiosity that I didn't care if I asked. In fact, um, just last week, I was in Chicago and I was at a very small private invite only group. I don't actually know how I got invited because I was definitely punching above my weight class at that. And so at the very first happy hour, I bellied up to the bar, obviously, for a little liquid courage. And standing there was a gentleman and uh, he had a badge on. And I was like, I think I know what that company is. And this guy's a really big deal. So I played them and I ended up having, you know, a 45 minute conversation with him. And now I have, and he literally does not need to talk to me, have time to talk to me. He spent, you know, 45 minutes with me on the phone two days ago. The president of that company spent 45 minutes on the phone with me yesterday. And I now have six meetings with people across the organization that actually do wine buying. And it was because I wasn't afraid to say, hey, we're just starting our on-premise, which is like at bars and restaurants. And I need to learn before I pitch anybody. And so I'm actually not pitching them right now. I am just like soaking it in. And, you know, I, I think that's the that's the cool thing right now is I'm not afraid to have that just like punch drunk love 22 year old courage to ask anybody anything. Cause like, what do I have to lose? The worst case scenario is he would have been like, yeah, no. <laughs> right. I love that. I think it's such good advice because some people always, they play it out in their head before they actually even try. And it's like, what's the worst thing that happens? Someone tells you to like bite it. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's even, okay. you want to know, like I even like bit it a little bit. So I met him on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and on Wednesday morning and it was two Kevins, him and his like counterpart, two Kevins, one was the CEO, one's president. And the president, I wasn't going to actually ask the CEO to spend time with me. I was like, mm, maybe I was a little too scared for that. I had written two emails, one to Kevin and one to Kevin. Well, I sent them to the wrong ones. And then I was like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> And so then, and it was clear that it was because the second Kevin, I had talked about something he had done in his career that was clearly not the Kev, you know, anyway. And so, you know what? I just replied back and CC'd the other Kevin. And I was like, sorry, Kevin B, that email wasn't for you. <laughs> and I just like said something funny and like, blah, 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 blah. But he wrote back and he goes, well, I want to meet with you. And I was like, okay. And you know, it's just like, I, instead of like panicking that I literally just got the two Kevin wrong. Right, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I hope he doesn't yeah, read it. I mean, my email started out with, <laughs> Dear red face, that's me. And I, you know, just like made it funny and was like, so I got the wrong problem. I actually. <laughs> yeah, that's so I funny. to go for it. I know that scenario played out well for you, which is awesome. But as a female entrepreneur, building a company like you have had to have faced unique challenges along the way. What are some of those? And like maybe sharing some insights behind them. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would say um, the qualifier of female in the challenges. I am a female. I identify as female. I My pronouns are she and her, as they say. But I never thought about it. Gender is not something that I really have ever considered in any part of my career. I just kind of kept my head down and did the work. And by just like, doing the work, that was like always my dirty little secret is that while everybody else was gossiping, I was just doing. And so I was able to like get promoted really quickly and do those things. So, you know, when I think about like the challenges, I never let that enter 
my ecosystem. And I always, and I get asked the question all the time and I just don't, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how I do that or why I do it. It just isn't necessarily a factor. And so I know that only a small percentage of VC funding goes to women. And I think there's two components to that. One is, are we getting enough women to pitch for the dollars? So for every 10 men, how many of them are women? Because if you, if you made an apples to apples comparison, I still do believe that yes, we're getting less funding. And so then why is it? Is it because we're not just asking? Asking for the sale is, you know, you can't just be like, sweet. Do you like it? And they're like, we like it. You still have to say, so can I have money? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you got to spit those words out. How are we moving forward? What do you need from me so that you will write me a check? Um, And I do think that men are just, you know, I think as a big major paintbrush, you know, are more willing to ask that question. However... We have a team here that does our tastings, which you experienced. And you met Veronica. Well, she'll just ask you for the sale. And guess what? You can love our wine and sit at our table or we come to your home and drink our wine. And you're like, I love it. I love it. I love it. But if nobody said to you, would you like to take a box home with you? Guess what you wouldn't do? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I mean, actually, in this scenario, I probably would because as soon as she said... As I, I just saw that, but like nobody else would have, right. right? In there. I mean, there's certainly people that are like, uh, can I take one to go? They do do that. But more often than not, they're like, they have so much fun and they just want you to ask. So I think, so that, I mean, I kind of went off, but the challenge, so the real challenges that I think about that are really hard or have been hard, now they don't seem that big because whatever is about to blow up in my face tomorrow morning is probably the worst thing that I've ever dealt with because that's just how it goes. But, you know, January uh, 2021, we're a few months into shipping wine. And (laughs) I actually know the name of the woman because she still buys our wine. She calls, she texts or calls or emails and is like, "Um, I heard a really big noise (laughs) from the box in the middle of the night. I was like, what? Take pictures. Yeah, there was something called post-bagging fermentation where the wine hadn't fully fermented. And so guess what? The bag, there's gas being built up. And it buckled the box. What? What is that even? What are you talking about? That's better than my first initial thought. I was like, oh my God, there was a rat in the box, but the boxes were exploding. And and the thing is, is, you know, you're like, we're so early. So maybe I was like, so the first thing you do is instead of panicking, and maybe this is part of my nature is like, instead of panicking is like, what does that mean? Okay. The bags are gas is filling up. Okay. How many people have this bag? Well, good. It was so early that it wasn't that many people. And I was like, sweet. We need to email them and tell them something that doesn't sound like we sent them something shitty, but like get them to get the fucking air out of there and throw that away. And then we'll send them another one. And so like we, you know, and then all of a sudden these 30 or 40 people impacted, we had new wine in their hands. Nothing went wrong. They were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, and I was like, we're learning. And, uh, but in that moment, you're like, what are you talking about? But then fast forward to, you know, March of this year and, um, the bank collapses and that I would say like those, you know, five or six days where you were really like, what does like, I, I mean, I was around in 2008, obviously I was in the working world in 2008, but it wasn't directly, none of that was really like inside of my daily ecosystem. And, but I mean, these were, you know, my bankers, my friends, I, I was having dinner with my banker from Silicon Valley bank on Wednesday night. And this went down on Thursday and it was, 
Like that's the stuff where you're like, whoa, what are the scenarios that I've got to play out here? So essentially it was a weekend full of scenario planning and just like, okay, well, yeah. this or that, because I read this great quote from a VC that said, well, it doesn't matter how you run out of cash. If you make bad decisions or if your bank blows up, you don't have cash to operate. And that's just it. And that was, I, so that's the one where you're like, whoa, what the fuck? I did not sign up for this. Yeah. 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 The bank thing, especially if you were banking with them. I mean, that was like, that heart stopped a lot of people because you're just thinking worst case scenario. Now you're not, it's not just you affected, right? It's your whole entire team. It's their paycheck. It's your customers. It's everything. Right. Yeah, you give it's literally nothing to do with you. Like you can't. You have no control. You just have to be there and be like, let's keep running these scenarios. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, post bagging fermentation, I can send you another damn box of wine or refund your credit card, right? Right. Well, and I like the approach that you took. I think this is a really good lesson too, is like when as soon as you found out, you're like, okay let's let's figure out who this is affected and how to make it right versus like, well, we'll just make it right for the people who it happens to. Yeah, or complain, right? And I love the fact that you're super proactive and like, hey, let's send you a new one. Let's send you two new ones, whatever it is. Let's make this right. But please like just do this with a bag, throw it out, whatever. Um, and I And I think that in itself that like vulnerability and authenticity allowed customers to probably be like, I really appreciate that you care for me in such a way that now I'm even more committed to you longer term. Listen, we had another problem like that when we um, moved over to our refillable packaging where you got to refill. And a small subset of people that should have gotten the bag in the box because they were new only got the bag. There was a little misunderstanding in our fulfillment center and as soon as like, and I remember it really vividly, it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday and we got three emails, like three emails. Like, Hey, I thought I like, I thought there was going to be a wooden box. And it was the fourth email that said something like that, that I was like, you know what? We have mm. a problem. When were these orders placed? And that's, and you just go into deduct, like, there's no point in freaking out. And I, it was like, okay, how many people could this be? Well, we figured out that it could have been, and it wasn't this many, but a universe of like 283 people. And so we did something similar. We did the same. We went kind of way back, right back to that strategy. And we sent this email. We're like, hey, and we either knew wine was received because we knew like FedEx tracking or not received. Yeah. So the people that weren't received, the language is slightly different that says, hey, your wine is on the way. Reminder, here's your tracking number. You may not have a wooden box. If you don't, let us know and we'll give you one. We'll send you one, you know? Yeah. And the people that had shipped, it's like, hey, did you get a wooden box? We think you should have, and you might not have. Let us know. And then, yeah. and then it was yeah. like, oh, and by the way, we gave you all $20 in account credit. And the response we got back was exactly like you said. Like, we got emails that were like, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'll keep you posted, you know? And like, really fun. Like, <laughs> but it, it created this like dialogue. And they weren't just like one response emails. Like, you know, like these fun back and forth that just created like the, we're trying, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're, they're like additional connection touch points that people try to find. Yeah. And I'm not saying go cause yeah. errors in your business to, t to connect with people, but yeah, um, I definitely I, manufacture a problem. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's manufacture a problem so we can connect with people. 
I'm always on the lookout for ways to make drinking water easier because let's face it, sometimes it feels like a chore, but I know how important it is to stay hydrated and keep our bodies healthy. After all, 60% of our bodies are made up of water. Now, if you're anything like me, you might have some concerns about the quality of your tap water. And guess what? You're not alone. Extensive research by the Environmental Working Group reveals that three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants lurking in their tap water. But here's the good news. I found a solution that ensures my family and I have safe, clean water every day. It's called AquaTrue. And let me tell you, it's a game changer. First off, AquaTrue uses a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. It's like having a top-notch water treatment plant right on your countertop. And the best part is that there's no installation, no plumbing required. It couldn't be easier. AquaTrue removes a whopping 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, so you can say goodbye to chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, and even those dreaded PFAs, also known as forever chemicals. Their purification technology is independently tested and certified to NSF standards, so you can trust that it's doing the job right. Did I mention that AquaTrue is the same technology used by major bottled water brands? That means you can have premium quality water right in your own home without the plastic waste. Say goodbye to the single-use bottle. AquaTrue's filters are not only affordable, but also long-lasting. You won't be changing them every two to three months like the other filters. These babies can go from six months to two years before needing a replacement. Just imagine the savings. Speaking of savings, one set of filters from their classic purifier is equivalent to whopping 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents per bottle. Plus, you're doing your part in reducing tons of plastic waste. So cheers to a healthier planet. Now, let me share what AquaTrue has done for me personally. First off, the taste is incredible. I can truly say goodbye to my old water filter. And let me tell you, I'm drinking so much more water. It's like a habit I can't break and I feel amazing. And here's the best part. You, my wonderful listeners, can get in on the AquaTrue goodness too. Right now, they're offering a 30-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. Plus, here's an exclusive deal for you, 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue and enter the code BBB at checkout. That's right, my friends. Enjoy 20% off at A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com when you use my code BBB. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. What I love about what y'all do is the sustainability play that you have. And like for me, like I said, that really hit home to me because I hate waste. I was always sad to throw out wine and I was always sad to recycle because I know the truth about recycling. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit more about one, what drove that like sustainability prioritization? I hope this doesn't make you not a fan, but the truth is I didn't start with, let me save the planet through box wine. So Yeah. No, that I don't care. I just like the product. <laughs> my first thought was, get me to a glass faster. Why isn't house wine here like house wine is when I go to Paris? And I'm just like, give me a carafe. And you just love it. I mean, I know like there's the Paris effect, but it's just good wine. The only reason why we were able to really get funded and all that stuff is because then there became other elements that said, hey, wait a second. 
And the sustainability thing is a big factor. And, and that piece of it, I think, becomes a really fun story to tell and stuff that I've had to learn too. And I don't know, like little things like mm, only 31% of glass in this country is actually recycled. And so this myth that we're all like, but it's better for the environment. And I'm like, mm, it's not getting recycled just so Exactly. The other thing, you know, the other thing that I love is that 90% of the wine in the world, and this is really interesting, is actually produced and bottled or boxed um, to be consumed within a year. So this is not lay it down and age it. It's no, you better drink it or it's going to taste like crap. Right. And so 90% of the wine in the world that is produced every year. And if all of that wine just got put in a box it would be like taking 300,000 cars off the road every year because of the carbon emissions. And that's the, the shipping of it. I mean, think about it, right? Four bottles to ship is a lot heavier than this cute little thing. And it takes more packaging. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen our delivery package, but it literally just hugs this box, you know? And it's not, yeah. it's as minimal as you can get and, and to protect the product. And that piece of it, I think, is incredibly powerful. And I don't need to be everything that you ever consume, but it is, in fact, just a more practical, smart, environment-first way to have a glass of wine at home, period. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a salesperson for you, but I also like, I, I really don't bring people on for product stuff unless I actually authentically love it and love the, like actually love the product. And so that's probably why, um, I sound so passionate about it because I am the other thing that I thought really took me by surprise, by surprise, but I realized the marketing behind it. It's super cute. You know, like box wine is not cute. And this is really cute. It's elegant looking and it's, it was in our fridge. And I realized this when I went out into the middle of Austin, uh, what's it called? Um, Bolognucci or, uh, it's a, a pizza place. And my, me and my son are eating there and he looks up and he's like, Oh, look, mom, they have your wine too. And I was like, my wine. And I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the, that's the that's wine. And I looked at my son and I, and I was like, yeah, that's, and he's like, they, they like number nine. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, wow, right then and there, I knew that there was like a marketing play to it, but because it's, it's, you can identify it. It's classy looking. It's elegant looking. It's not like, what you typically think as boxed wine in your fridge where you open it and you're like, oh my God, she has boxed wine in her fridge. It's like, oh, this is cute. What's this? So I like that a lot. Yeah. It's like, okay, you've lost control. You have boxed wine. And so that is, I will say to you, of all the things that I was very intentional about, um, people are like, who designed your box? I did. This is my personality, like, you know, in a box. And my thought was, and my hypothesis, and it's proven to be true. And the way you just talked about it, I'm like, oh my God, I love this. We are going direct to consumer so that we can cut out two layers of the distribution channel and put that cost savings into the quality of the wine, which I believe people can taste because the distribution channel is really expensive. The direct to consumer thing is very hard to do. And it's like, we're just like pounding pavement hard. But if I was in a store, I would be designing a label to capture your eye and earn a spot on the right shelf. I had to design a package that gave me permission to be on your countertop or in your fridge, 
not hidden in your exactly. cupboard like the rest of the shitty boxed wine out there on the planet. And it's like, I remember we were going through our um, label approvaling, which you have to show like how the labels are on the package, blah, blah, blah. And so you kind of like essentially make the box look like it lays flat. And as you know, it's like you have this burnt in logo or like, you know, etched in logo on two sides, the front label and the alcohol warning. And it kept getting rejected. They're like, but what are on the other sides? And I'm like, nothing, like nothing. And they just couldn't, you know, they could not wrap their head around, get their head around the fact that I wasn't putting anything else on the box because it, it needed to be exactly like what you said. It's like, wait, what is that? And you're like, that's my wine. You're like, no, it's not. You don't drink box wine. And you're like, no, 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 that's my wine. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like makes you feel a little differently. And yeah. Anyway, so that design was maybe the most intentional thing about the whole thing. And I wasn't sure exactly about this, but talk to me about like the sugar component because there's not additional sugar to it, right? Is that right? Will you tell me about that? That is the other dirty, dirty, dirty thing about alcohol and wine in particular is the labeling. Why you get headaches. Yeah. It's really the sugar... I mean, we're not going to get into the weird, all the stuff, but at the end of the day, it's the sugar and almost everything you buy at the supermarket, there's, there's extra sugar in there. That's just how it goes. That's why you don't feel well. It's concentrated. It's gross. So we do not add any sugars to our wine, no additives, no colors. And it's just because good wine doesn't need it. And it's again, going back to why are we not in your supermarket? Because I needed those dollars to buy better wine. You know what I mean? And buy better access to better grapes. And so we're a fully licensed bonded winery. And what we do is we buy bulk grapes and bulk juice from super high quality partner wineries. And then we bring them to our winery and then we put our wines together and blend them. And so that piece of it is like, you don't feel well, aside from the fact that you drank 12 bottles and then maybe you shouldn't feel well. Um, <laughs> is because there's, that's it. It's just, it is just the juice. So it's zero grams of sugar per serving. Any of that perceived sweetness is really in the natural juices from the grapes. Yeah. We had a party just last night. My husband had his coworkers over and they brought a bunch of wine and we we just finished our four. So I have to, I have to refill, but, um, you know somebody. Yeah. They, yeah. Do you? Okay. Give me their information. Um, and so they're, they brought a bunch of wine and my husband woke up this morning and he was like, he's like, I didn't even drink that much, but like one of those wines, I know just had a ton of sugar in it. Cause I have a headache. And he's like, you got to get more of that other wine. He's like, I didn't get one single headache. And he's like, and I'm not drinking a ton, you know, yeah. and I wasn't drinking a ton out of the box. Although I was like, you know, there's four bottles of that <laughs> box, but we had it over an extended amount of time. But, um, but yeah, so is it like the headache? Like, is, is he say, what he's saying, yes. Drew? Like, I mean, you, it really is. It really um, is the sugar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. It makes, it makes sense. It just sugar. I mean, as we know, sugar doesn't make you feel good and it makes you crave more sugar. And so it's like, so then you wake up and you feel like that. And what do you need? You need, you know, all the grease and all the fat and all, you know what I mean? And now you're, and then you're downing the, you know, tropical drink. And then you've just gone down the slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah. So what advice would you give to individuals, not necessarily females, but just individuals who are looking to start their own business? Um, what advice, like don't, number one, 
Like just tell yourself. This no, do. No, I'm just kidding. But you should tell yourself, no, that is, do not eat that chocolate cake and then just eat it. Um, but you do like, right. You just have to, you have to, it is going, it is like a full frontal assault in a good way, in a bad way at the same yeah. time, all the time. And it is the coolest, hardest, best, most awful thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> and so the advice I have is to like buckle up and look yeah. at it really, you know, people are like, it's so cool. You're following your passion. My passion for being abused by myself. No, like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I started a business that, you know, we raised venture. It's like, we're building a business that I am a steward of other people's money. And you have to take that responsibility very seriously. And most startups fail. And so are you going to be able to look people in the eye and say, I lost your money? So that's a really real thing that you have to think about. But you have to think about outside of that initial, wouldn't it be cool if I could put wine in a box and people bought it? Like real people that like wine, you know? Um, and then it's like, okay, that's a good idea. What else is there? And can you, I have a little process by which I was vetting when I was an entrepreneur in residence, my ideas. And it's like 10 slides. And if I couldn't fill out the slide, I just put the, like, and it was like, you can't change the font. You can't change the font size. And you have to answer the question that's on each slide. And more often than not, you couldn't get through that process because you're like, no, okay, yeah. that's not a good idea. There's no market. There's no, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's too complicated. The best things are very simple. You might have, and I think of a lot of things, product extensions that could make this, you know, from a $100 million company, right? To a billion dollar company. But right now, I'm focused on the one thing. Let me be the house wine of your home. And we're going to do these eight wines. No, we're not going to have 25 more wines because that is, you know, anti to getting rid of choice overload where you're like, which bottle do I get? Yes. No, don't. Don't over. And I think that's the other thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. I love the fact that there's like, these are your nine. This is, this is it, man. You know? So you have to keep your ideas simple. You have to keep it focused. And listen, no, where could we go from here? Put the shiny object in the corner and do this one thing that you said you were going to do. Yeah. I was going to ask you what your future plans are. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's cool stuff, right? So we talk about things like, we talk about taste versus variety. I think of us as a yeah. taste bud company. And, and I want to delight your taste buds. Right now it's with our wine. But I can imagine a time, frankly, if I know you love the number four and you know, it's a year from now and you've been getting the four, whether it's once a month or once a quarter or once every other month, whatever, but you love it. And it comes up at restaurants and it comes up when you've drank some stuff that you didn't want to drink. Right. And then I email you cause I know it's your birthday cause I'm an alcohol company. And I'm like, Hey, I know you love our number four. You should buy this bottle of wine for your birthday. It's so good. You would like it. your yeah. taste buds would like it. And I can almost guarantee you, you would buy that bottle of wine. Yeah, probably. Because you'd be like, you know what, Sarah knows that I like. Because it, these are like taste lanes. So that's one thing. Um, certainly there's probably a snack angle. There's definitely some um, swag that we're going to come out with. There's some funny things that we can play on the box. We uh, mm -hmm. we were, were playing with, and you have to be careful on getting too inappropriate or cheeky, but 
we um, at the Chicago Restaurant Association uh, or the National Restaurant Association Expo in Chicago, we uh, had these funny stickers that just said, I'd tap that with a QR code. And people would like race to our little tiny baby booth in the beverage room. And it's like these massive brands are all around us and people are like begging for these stickers. And so I think that there's like, you know, fun things that uh, can get played into that and do some fun storytelling. So some good merch that could go in into that. Um, I can see us doing a black label line of all eight. So it's still the eight, but they are twice the price. And, you know, really they are. It's like the next, the same idea, but the next yeah, level, next level. of sophistication. Oh, I love yeah. that. And so maybe you are using that for a special event because you're having a dinner party. And you're right. like, oh, where did you get that one? You know? And so once or twice a year, you upgrade to the black label. <laughs> I like, I, I really like that because I was thinking like, oh, this would be really cute for like the the baby showers or the rehearsal dinners or like the little, or I mean, not rehearsal, but like, you know, the cutesy things with them. And you get to like the rehearsal dinners or the uh, work events. You're like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was like a little bit more elevated, right? I, I love that idea. And I also, Veronica was showing like the single glass. Oh yeah. So um, this is really exciting. I'm excited. So for this, at the end of August, we are going to release a full eight wine sampler set that allows you to taste through and then select your box. So it's going to be $99 because it includes the box that you pick at the end. For yeah. International Rosé Day... This is what you're talking about. Ah! Yes. We, yes. Um, we came out with just the rosé version of the sample. And it's fun because it gives you like some tasting notes and you can, you know, scan to get a little bit of a guided experience. And it's just fun. And it always comes again with like a gift card so you can actually get the full box experience. Such a cute like bachelorette is that the right word? Bachelorette? Yeah. Bachelorette party. Yeah. Or, you know, like your wedding party, you're like, thank you so much and go home and, you know, drink on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually love the like nine or the eight, whatever you said, the eight or nine selections. I have a lot of clients and I always want to send them wine and I'm like, well, I don't know what they like, but how cool to send them like okay, taste them all yourself and then just pick the one you like. Like, I like that as a client gift. That's cute. Yes. Like, that's what I'm really, ex I'm excited that we finally pulled the trigger on that. We People have been asking for samples. But what I had to figure out was how do we do samples without it becoming, you know, kitschy and okay, people just buy the samples and they don't buy yeah. the full box. Well, you know what? You blend the cost together and you say, listen, you're actually buying the whole box. So you might as well get one. And then we, yeah, no, I love the box at the end because agreed. Most people would be like, oh, You're like, that what, was fun. you know, and I, yeah, yeah. And we really want to get people, you know, go from, go from tube to box. It's cute, right? It's like so pretty. It's so cute. I really love that. Is that really a glass? I feel like that's bigger than a glass. It's, it's no, it looks way bigger, but it's like, it's like a, it's a medium level pour. It's not a huge pour. It looks a lot bigger than it is. But it's like okay. nice and it's kind of perfect. Yeah. So what is your vision for how big you want Box to be or what kind of legacy are you leaving 
in terms of like the impact that you're having on the industry? Listen, I want to be what people consider America's house wine. Like I, you know what I mean? And it's going to take, it's going to take people who are buying our wine now. Not like we're, you know, it's like, you know, we're like the flea on the back of a dog right now, you know? We need people to tell our story and be like, hey, you got to check this out, man. It's cool. And it tastes good. So outside of being cool, it actually tastes good. So yay. Because I think that there's a real place for house wine. And that is what I want to be. And I think that there's a really big opportunity. The wine industry is massive. And so it doesn't take so much for us to make a really big impact. And um, that's what I want. I want want to become America's house wine. Awesome. Well, where can people buy wine? Where can they find you? Um, Give us all your details. Yeah, yeah. You can find me, um, well, on Instagram at drink B-O-X-T. People like, it's boxed. It's not box T. Some people are like, is it box T? And I'm like, no, it's just boxed. It's not like apostrophe T. But anyway, it's, it's how a New Yorker <laughs> says boxed. Yeah. That's what it is. At, yeah, exactly. At drink boxed or drinkboxed.com. And if you want to like, if you need help picking a profile, you can just shoot us an email at hello at Drinkbox and we'll like, our team will just like hop to it and help you. But we also do have a code for you, badass20, for $20 off your first order if anybody wants to do that. Awesome. We'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes too. And I'm going to send you a number four. It's like, it's like terrible that you're empty. I know my husband drank it all. So that's awful. And I'm fighting with him because of it. I hate him now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like you didn't even know this. <laughs> like this is my. I told them because my my. Uh, I'm the worst. I'm like I'm gonna get us two now, and I'm gonna label my name on it. And when yours is done, you're gonna have to re- figure out how to refill it yourself. <laughs> He's like, you're you're such a child, and I'm like, I know. But that's so. You know, we tell people it's like all we actually do have people that have like his and her boxes, and it's like so yes. funny. He would steal mine. He would just steal from it. He wouldn't even. He would literally like pull the bag out from yours and pop it in his and be like, I don't, unclear. Yeah, he would start to siphon and then just like mix in water because he's like, you don't even, you wouldn't even tell the difference. You didn't even tell. Well, just so you know, I will come into your house and install cameras everywhere, including on the box. Dang, you guys are like white glove experience. Yeah. Actually, I had somebody, this is funny, that I met in New York and he was like, we need to put a speaker on the side of that box. So I bought this like micro speaker. This is literally just like two days ago at my house. I got the micro, the one inch, you know, in diameter speaker came and I like drilled a hole in the side of the box and like popped the speaker in and I sent it to him. And it's so cool because she is like, it's so cool. That's awesome. Because it's he brings awesome. it outside for like partying and wants the music. Well, he was just like, he just loves music. And he was like, dude, I need a speaker in my box. And I was like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Product development on the fly. I so appreciate this conversation. I I do ask one question for everyone for every episode. If you could have anyone listening get one piece of advice from this episode, what would it be? It would be, you have got, let me think. Oh, that's a really good one. From this episode, even when it's hard, it's fun. Even when it's hard, it's fun. And if you don't feel that way, you shouldn't be doing it. 
Yeah. I think that's great. Sarah, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and I can't wait to drink more for. Yeah, I'm sure we have your address or we'll get it and uh, we'll get it delivered because it's, I feel like you're in a desperate situation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm desperate. I'm desperate. (laughs) Thank you so much. As always, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Badass Basic Bitch. And thank you to Saw and Sign, our production studio. We'll see you next week. Bye.